Learn why entrepreneurs, hairstylists, pastors, military commandos, executives, professional athletes, and coaches trust over a decade of experience to find a clear vision and purpose for the life, career, and organization. Go to emisgood.com forward slash R7 and apply today. Finally, get the clarity to level up your career, relationships, and confidence with R7. Hey, how are y'all doing today? We want to welcome you here to the Apply Rigor podcast. This is one more session, but this session is different than some of the others because I'm today, so fired up today. Well, you should be. See, he's he's, he's so ready to up. go. He's we're holding them back. We're holding them back, but we're going to try not to. But hey, as we get into what we're talking about today, I want to kind of introduce it like this. In the world of leadership and organizational life, whether it's teams or businesses, there are winners and there are losers. 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 And today we want to talk about the winners. And here's how the the winning works. The winning works when you have vision. This idea that, say it with me, everybody, vision wins. Vision wins today. So, Dave, what I want to do is, as we jump into this, give us some high-level ideas around vision to kind of frame up where we're going, and then let's dive in. Let's do it. Uh, vision wins. So excited to talk about this. This may be five episodes at the end of the day when we're done. I don't know. We'll wow. see where it goes. So, all right. So everybody says I have vision, right? Yep. And like, I have a vision for this. So let's, let's be clear. There are eight types of vision. There's a dreamer vision of the night. There's a trance vision. There's vision casting. There's a spontaneous vision. So I'm driving down the road and I, Ooh, I want to go do this. Uh, there's open eyes vision. There's eyesight vision, where like I can, you know, 2020, you can 2010, actually see. I actually see. There's a vision statement. There's a Sears visionary. What is that? A Sears vision is actually goes back to the Old Testament, where you know Jesus obviously was not around, and so God was speaking through people through uh, prophets, yeah. and so the prophet had to you know basically communicate God's message. Hebrews one in the New Testament talks about. Jesus is now our new prophet. I think so. that's important to understand because a lot of people, when they hear the word prophet, they think of somebody predicting the future. But so much of the prophets of old was just telling the truth in a pretty hard message a lot of the time mm-hmm. to the leaders that needed to hear it. Right. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yep. That office is officially no longer, you know, now that Jesus is here. Um, today, we're going to talk about a vision statement. A clearly written image of your future. Okay. So this is, can be for your personal or for your organization. So the problem that is out there that we're trying to solve is that a lot of people feel stuck or they feel like they've got burnout. Now, burnout is usually not because of uh, so many reps that you're putting in. Yeah. Like I've done this so many times, so many times, so many times. It that's that is burnout. But a lot of times we call burnout, which is really not burnout. What happens is there's a lack of vision. We don't know where we're going or what we're doing, and that could be for you personally, or that could be through organizational leadership that just hasn't provided a clearly written image of the future. Um, you know, it's a problem. Now it's interesting because you know I think if you ask most leaders, they're going to tell you, I dang it. I have produced, I have have I've put out a clear mm-hmm. vision of the future. I've done that. But I think at some point, there's either a disconnect with their people where it's not as inspiring, mm-hmm. it's not as portable, mm-hmm. it's not as memorable, or they've created a culture that's actually fighting against the vision, even though they think it's not. And mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there. Yeah. 
Yeah, so let's let's talk about why lead with vision. All okay. right, so I got some examples here, and we're gonna cruise through them because there's this point I want to get to today. But leading with vision, vision, passion-driven culture versus a task vision culture. So if we go to school, get good grades, get a job, learn a skill, we're building an organization based upon a task, and you're getting paid for that task. Uh, versus we're building an organization based upon a vision, based upon its overall mission, uh, what we're doing to accomplish the vision. Um, there's a two totally different categories here of am I running a task-driven culture versus a passion-driven culture? That's so good. So, so this is where you know we get into why am I here? What am I doing? You know, 68% of the U.S. economy is disengaged because you're hiring people based on a task, not not based on what is they uh, their overall fulfillment and what God has called them to do. Well, and ultimately, a lot of the thing, and you've talked about this a little bit in the past, is that the current workforce, especially the one that's coming up from a millennial perspective, mm-hmm. they want to connect with something that's going to change the world. They're going to come to work because of vision, and they're not going to apologize about it when they don't. It's very interesting uh, that the millennials are not going to work in a task-driven culture. Yep. I mean, they will, but they're not going to, they're going to, you're going to get Short-lived. about 40% of what they're actually capable of doing. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons why you lead with vision. You're not going to hire millennials. <laughs> yeah, that's why you need vision. Um, you attract top talent and high performers, increase trust among employees and management. Vision promotes a wide range of performance measures. Vision promotes change. Vision provides a foundation for a strategic plan. Vision motivates and facilitates the recruitment of talent. I already kind of mentioned that one. Yep. So um, we need to lead with vision. There, there's a host of other reasons. These are the top ones. Again, vision is a clearly written, written image of your future. Uh, we can talk about mission. And, and, you know, when you talk about vision, people say, well, uh, you know, what does mission mean? Then what do core values mean? I, I would say for the, for the purpose of time is we're going to post um, Caddy Wampus, uh, Caddy Wampus, how to write a clearly, uh, how to write a compelling vision statement on this podcast, so you can read that of how vision, mission, core values, how how that all falls in. And this isn't like some type of soft skill, nonsensical, crazy talk, okay? Because there's some of you that are listening, going, "Do I really need this?" I mean, we have a job. It's pretty simple. We provide some sort of service, and at the end of the day, whether or not we succeed is based on how well we do. And what I would tell you is, if you just want to be basic. And you want you're cool with average. Like when you go out with your with your uh, significant other, you go, hey, let's have an average night tonight. Let's go to an average mm. restaurant with average food and an average waiter and watch an average movie. If you if that's all about average, then yeah, forget about it. Don't worry about vision. But if you want to do something exceptional, that's going to just change the world and light the world on fire. Do this. So walk us through now this next section because I think this is the part you really want to drill this down. This is into. the beef of like the, we go. The, the excitement part about vision. So if you are a leader or you're looking for vision, you're looking to cast vision, um, looking for you know whatever it is, a new initiative project. There's some things, some criteria that need to happen for that vision to work. One is you can't just point to where we're going because where you're going. Uh, so we talked about the neocortex and the limbic side of the brain. The limbic side of the brain deals with the why. The neocortex deals with the where, when, what, and how. It's very organization. It's very like, you know, um, features and benefits, uh, that kind of thing. When you're casting vision, if you don't show contrast on where you are currently, mm. then you won't be able to move people to where they're going. Okay. 
So contrast is a really big deal here. It's what is the current state that I'm in and where am I going to go? So that's a different way of saying, I think what we've heard some leaders talk about in this idea that the first job of a leader is to define reality. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, here's the why behind that. If you define reality, it will allow you then to create contrast, in your words, to the vision, which is the inspiring, portable, memorable statement Mm -hmm. and idea of where we're going that we're probably never going to hit, but darn it, we're going to die trying. Yeah. So that that's into like the vision checklist, which is it needs to be short, it needs to be portable, it needs to be uh, easy to understand, memorable, inspiring. It's got to have the God factor. This is not a political show in any way, shape, or form. But when we go back to when Obama ran in two thousand eight, uh, change. Yes, we can. Like it's a great vision statement. Now, how we're gonna do that? Nobody nobody really asked that question. It's the same thing, you know, if I go back and I, and I ask 10 people, I say, okay, when, uh, when John McCain was running against Obama, what was his vision statement? And, and the answer is, you don't know. Crickets. Because he didn't have one. Yeah. And so when we go, now we fast forward to, um, to now Donald Trump, uh, make America great again. And he's still pounding that rock it, It's crazy. Now, again, how is he going to make America great again? We don't really know. But if I ask you what Hillary Clinton's vision was, crickets. Yep. Like, you don't, you don't know. In fact, again, this is not a political show. When you point on, when you point to what's wrong and you lead with what's wrong, yeah. it, it's not vision. Again, there's got to be contracts, contrast of where you are mm-hmm. and where you're going. Yeah. So a, a lot of times, uh, we just had this conversation yesterday with one of our clients talking about um uh well we're going to do a uh in order to really cast vision for this for this one particular initiative we're going to get some testimonies in okay so the before and after is important but the before and after yes that that is a that is a category of here i am now where i'm going but there's also this need for self-persuasion so when you're telling a story it's got to relate to somebody else not just them. So you got to pull them in to this is how you are in your current state. And and this is where I'm in my current state. So you kind of, you need to make them feel like they're not in this alone, that there are other people out there that share some of the same challenges and issues that they have. And then here's part of the solution through vision that you yeah, so, so So that before they yeah. have to relate to that bad news. Yeah. So that story's got to be relatable because, again, we're showing contrast. Well, at the end of the day, you know, people are drawn to narrative. People are drawn to stories. And, you know, one of the things that I was talking to my oldest son about a couple of weeks ago is because he's a creative. He likes to write music and do all this other stuff. And I said, well, here's the thing. I said, at the end of the day, you can get really specific in the details, but ultimately people only remember how you make them feel and how you make Mm. them feel is through narrative and through a story. Mm. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. So yes, this is really cool. So in the neocortex, it uses words, right? Neocortex understands words and associates with how big a TV is, 44 inch TV, you know, you know what the color is or, you know, uh, you know, what the, what the size or the temperature of the, the TV, you know, like, you know what the price is what the sale is then the limbic side of the brain processes thought and feeling it doesn't deal with words so when you're making a decision to either uh, to be part of this vision 
you're not articulating words. You're articulating the feeling and the thoughts of how those words make you feel. Gotcha. And if you never get there with somebody, you're never going to move them off of the risk reward. So there's got to be there's got to be this level of I want to change, but what's the risk of me changing, and what's the process of me changing? Yeah. So if I get into the process of me changing, you're not going to sell the vision. Yep. So, so let's unpack that a little bit more. Okay. So we go, all right, what he's saying of where we're going, change, yes, we can. That requires me to change. And I start rattling through all the different steps of what that's going to take. Like if I start thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have to pay more in taxes. And I'm going to have to do more. Like, I don't want to do that. Right, because now I'm processing those words of what that means. But if I'm so wrapped up on, I'm just using this example of make America great again. I want to, you know, like I want that. I'm not using really the the what and you know the details of the where and the what and the how. It's more the thought and the feeling. Then you got me. Well, yeah, because again, as people, most of the time we're all about nostalgia. And when you, you know, you talk to the greatest generation and many other people, it's like, America was great when, you know, and you, you grow up looking at all these parts of America. And so to grab that vision and say, we want to go back to being great. Did anybody sit down and think about, well, what exactly were we doing back then? We just got mm. out of a national depression. Right. That wasn't great. That right. sucked. Right. Right. Then we get involved in a couple world wars. A lot of people died. Is that great? Well... You know, as as patriots, you know, we love the fact that people sacrifice for this country, but there are families that lost people. That wasn't great either. So to your point, you know, even though, you know, again, we're helping provide world peace, at least we're trying to, at the end of the day, when you look into that, nobody's drilling down into the details around it, but what they're attracted to is this idea of let's go back and be great again because we were. Yeah. Now, another, th- another thing that's really cool about this, and we got to wind down on the show, but um, there is a self-preservation that happens. Our id, ego, and superego want to preserve and protect. Hmm. So when we lead with the bad news, when we're selling vision, it's a better place to be because immediately we're going to try to protect and try to, try to um, fix but if, again, if you don't have that contrast on what are we fixing mm-hmm. with this bad news, you're never going to win on the vision. Vision wins all the time. Now, but there has to be some structure to how you're presenting the vision. Okay. And I think we've covered that a little bit here today. Yeah. So, and I know we have to wrap up, but I, I do want to hit something real quick yeah. that you talk about. You talk about this idea right here about contrast test. Mm. Walk me through what that means. What, what, how is that beneficial as well, a leader, especially who's casting vision? Yeah, so the contrast test, I mean, so this is again back to the story of of um, are you providing any contrast? So this is really the assessment. Yeah, that how do you doing. know? Well, the good and the bad, right? And, and the facts of what's happening right now to Dave Bennett, right? <laughs> so what's happening right now yeah. with Dave Bennett, am I relating to the current state of what's really happening? Or am I just making that up? And is that authentic? Because I got to get you past the risk reward. Yeah. So in this contrast test is, is just an idea of like, okay, am I establishing contrast here? 
is it am i really have a good picture of the way the world's turning in dave dave bennett's world or in this organizational world so if a leader let's say they're walking into a situation where they're taking over whether it's a team an organization or whatever that's broken that's dysfunctional that's not working well together part of that contrast test is and is just understanding this is our current reality this is what this is what's not good but man, look at where we can go. Yes, and that be that then frames a contrast. Yeah, like hey, 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 team, this sucks right now. Yeah, and, and I understand what you're going through financially, and I understand where we're at stress wise. Like I don't, we don't want to be here in the next six months. So if we don't want to be here in the next six months, can everybody agree we don't want to be here in the next six months? Yeah, we don't want to be here. Okay, so here's where we're gonna go, right? Yeah. And and here's the risk that's what's going to happen. And here's here's what I've seen before in in the world of before and after. Here's an example of another organization that was in the same position we are. And here are the metrics and things that they changed in order for them to to change their future. Yeah. And so I think by us embracing these changes, we can leave behind our current state and we can go to this future state. Yeah, that's good. Hard, concrete, granular examples of that contrast will sell the vision and here's the real the hard part is that it's got to be short it's got to be portable it's got to be easy to understand memorable inspiring no conjunctions less than seven words yeah that's good or seven to twelve right seven to twelve words okay yeah so as, as we wrap up here dave what are maybe two or three things that our listeners can literally do today or tomorrow to help them figure this out or to help do this better what are some things they can actually apply real quick assessment if you're an organizational leader ask your employees what the vision of the organization is ask five of them they all come back with different answers or they don't know you don't have vision if you're not uh one of the leaders of the organization go ask the leader what the vision is if there's a stumble, if there's a, it's on this pamphlet, it's on the website, there's no vision. Now that's real black and white, but I'm just, you know, like if you, if, if your organization can say, we're gonna make America great again, you know, in that example, I'm not saying that's the words, but like, then you've got it. But yeah. if you don't, and you ask several people and they don't know, then you got a problem. Okay. So see, so number one, See if anybody knows it, and they can say it pretty quickly yep. without having to stumble or think hard about it or yep. find some literature. What yep. else? Um, if if it's there, right, um, then then the culture is growing, and I'm sure there's some metrics you can find. Uh, then we got to then we got to find out what the mission is. So what are the steps to it, and are people on board with that? And is there um, empowerment within those mission within the mission statements? So um, so. Uh, people got to own that so that yep. we can go to the vision. Now, the vision also is is something that should be written that's never actually something you can achieve. Yeah. So it's it's way out there. Okay. Um, and if even if it's not there, right, then you got to hire us, you, me, <laughs> yeah. to come in and help you out with that. That's, exactly. That would be the next step. All right. So those are two good steps to do. And so as we wrap up today, I want to encourage yeah. you, grab onto those. It's an interesting test. Again, you know, Dave, Dave, you've done this with some of your clients. I've done this with mine. It's amazing when you talk to the people and you ask them what it is. And I hate to say this. I really do. But most of the time, and I'm talking about nine times out of 10, or maybe nine and a half times out of 10, when you ask, 
you get some discombobulated yeah. jumble of marketing and swashbuckling vocabulary and all kinds of stuff that happen. You're left going, oh, all right. Yeah. And it's easy for us to ask a question. And if you're asking a question, it's easy for you to ask a question. But it really gives you clarity around where everyone is. And at the end of the day, let's use we can close this metaphor. If we're all in the same canoe... We're all on the same raft going through white water. Mm-hmm. Dang it. We need to make sure we have a strategy for how we're going to paddle and how we're yeah. going to make it. Because if we're all paddling on our own, I hate to tell you, we're going to die. Yeah. So, not going to be good. We are, again, hopefully this helps you. Go apply it. Again, leave some comments. We want to hear how you're doing. We want to hear to figure out if there's anything we can do to help support you, help you, help get that ball down the field a little bit farther. But at the end of the day, and this is part of the process, go apply some rigor. Take care.